Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to another level of Laugh It Up Fuzzball. That's right. A little bit of Zuh means friends. And uh, today I'm joined by by another one of my, my Uber friends, my Uber menches, uh, but not not Benjamin Blue for Blue the Fourth, not the the Marshal, not uh, the the Duke of Deuce, uh, not even Jack Talk. I'm joined today by returning guest and Indiana Jones super fan, none other than indie hat guy Eddie. What's up, buddy? Wait a minute, you've had other people on this podcast? <laughs> yes. Yes, because if it we was don't, just, we don't just you, if it was every, just you, this we don't just meet every six uh, months and talk about Indiana Jones. Uh, so this would only be the second episode ever of the podcast, which would be really, I mean, not that not that we're growing and booming, but but it's once every six frequency, months, it's about quality. It's a well, it's still a bad model. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm like, Kyle, I love you, but we know doing a podcast once a year is a bad model. Uh, I was like, much love to all the others there. I, I'm, I'm just kidding, but it's, it's great like, to be back. Yeah, and, and I'm not the Benchwarmers podcast, Eddie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, love, where, where you, I love you, Mark. Love you, Terry, but you don't record. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't record nearly enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm joined uh, once again by, by super fan Eddie. Yeah. Uh, who who joined me way way back in the yesteryears of February fifth of this year, uh, with Snakes Mileage Fortune and Glory, where we talked indie and the films and why we loved it, how we came to it, and lots of other stuff. And also there was there was this we're like hey there's a movie coming out in the future maybe maybe we'll have you back to talk about it. And uh, and, then, and then there was a movie it came out and uh, then, then there was a whole strike whole fracking strike. I think uh, I think I had already switched over to to the to the strike cast. Not talking about things. Won the movie when I finally saw it. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, like the first week we uh, we've been meeting and passing. He takes care of the morning side. I take care of the evening side uh, where we uh, uh, make the money. And I was uh, saying, oh yeah, I really want to talk about uh, Dial of Destiny. And he goes, oh yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the strike's gone on right now, so we'll have to see. Yeah, I uh, I was like, oh man, I was like, whenever it's over, we'll definitely talk about it. But it's it's funny because like you know, strike near and an end, and then I'm like, hey, it's got to be ending. And you know, December first, that movie's finally going to be dropping on Disney Plus, so we could probably record like close to that, and that'll like work, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's all ingrained in my mind now at this point. Yeah, December first on Disney Plus. Same with Timeless Heroes, Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford, and December fifth on uh, 4K Blu-ray and uh, DVD. I have I have not seen that uh that uh documentary yet, but I really want to. I've seen one particular part, but uh, I'm pretty sure we'll get into that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, June 30th, 2023, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny releases, uh, directed by James Mangold, the first indie film not not directed by Senor Spielberg, and um, and yeah, we we saw well. <laughs> I saw the movie in theaters. I think Eddie saw the movie <laughs> in, 
and it's all its iterations. Pretty sure at one point he was strapped to a chair like Clockwork Orange, uh, wearing the mascara, of course, as they like directly beamed the information into his skull. You know, it. I will say, uh, by the end of the screenings, it kind of felt like that. But well, it's I mean, like, what's you your wanna, grand you wanna, total? Uh, my total uh, time. So let's see here. Looking, I got it all listed here. But yeah, total full uh, total screenings attended is now twenty three as of this week, and we'll get into that. Uh, but I'll say this: uh, total full screenings is sixteen. So I, I I did partial screenings as well, just little bits and pieces, and I'll get into why that is as well in a bit too. Okay, so sixteen times sitting down watching it in its entirety. Yep, from from the Disney logo in the front, which is still weird, to the uh, <laughs> yeah, to the very last shot. Well, I think uh, there was there was a point where I don't know where I commented on on the social medias, and I was like, Eddie's seen it nine times, and he had the perfect opportunity to drop like Indy pointing at the floor in in the third movie with the X, like no ten, ten. <laughs> I love that, that moment. Was, uh, it was so that was perfect. <laughs> it was. It's, it's it's nice when uh when life throws you a little bone like that. But uh, for me, like I'd be like, I'm gonna stop here. That way, I can use that forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been. I mean, when... I've, you know, it's it's also the fact that this being a year of Indiana Jones, even starting. You know, I gotta say, it started with talking about it on the podcast here, and um, I've just been inundated with this thing that I love with California Jones meetups, things like that. And it's just been, you know, <laughs> reciting everything. We're all making uh, cracking wise. We have in jokes about Dial of Destiny, you know, three minutes, not one second more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, so, I mean, I like I said, I saw it the one time. Uh, it came out December 1st on Disney Plus, and I'm like, I'm going to watch it again. And then just uh, there's lots of other things that I'm watching uh, still not caught up on like everything. I think I finally caught up on uh, uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. I haven't finished uh, the my gay pirate show, aka Our Flag Means Death, which I love. Uh, and I think uh, there's a couple. No, no, I'm caught up on Invincible. So there's something else I'm not caught up on. I'm not sure. I'm behind on all sorts of stuff, but yeah, that's that's probably due to the summer. But you know, I I um, and again, it's very. It's weird to hear it uh, coming at me, but when you said Indiana Jones super fan uh, at the top here, it's um, I feel like I've done my duty this year to see it as many times, <laughs> as many places, and in many formats and things like that. I'm not even I'm not even the one who's seen it the most. Uh, I was uh, the last screening I saw. There was a there was a fella who I've saw the movie a couple times with. He's seen it 52 times now. In in its entirety. In its entirety. He didn't even do partials. He did 52 times. Yeah, like I try to... So Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star Wars film. And I'm trying to think if I could honestly say I've seen Empire 52 times. And it's not far-fetched, you know what I mean? Because I have seen it quite a lot. But I don't know. I might actually like not have seen it that many times as much as I love the movie. It's, uh, it's interesting because... Uh... The last screen, so I saw the screening this week because uh, the Chinese theater hosted a uh, Disney release event for Dial of Destiny on Blu-ray, and it was uh, it's one of the best events that we had for all of Dial of Destiny. But the last time I saw it before that was August, so it's been not you know a long time, especially for most people considering rewatching movies. But uh, upon rewatch here. It was so weird to feel now that it's in the same canon as the other ones, 
because it's always you know the new one's a little odd a little off a little different but now you kind of like where you're at my point it's now along with the rest of them because i've seen them probably all about the same time now yeah yeah i mean the movie i know i've seen the most in my life is thor ragnarok uh really (laughs) that's cool maybe oh yeah oh dude i love that movie so much like it, it was a running joke on the podcast that if somebody mentioned Ragnarok I had to go and watch the movie and like I did my due diligence for quite a while until one time I started watching it and like I was only half watching it but in my brain I was watching it because I'd seen it so many times and I was like you know and like now I just run my head movies and I'm like you can't stop Ragnarok Ragnarok has already begun like <laughs> last like right uh... now, a, a, a little bit of it's playing in my head. <laughs> yeah. Last call, uh, I remember you started watching Crystal Skull just to kind of see how far you could get into it there. So I was like, yeah, that's not out of the realms. It's like movies are just with us. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I definitely, I only got to see Dial of Destiny once in theaters. Me and Heather went to go see it together. And uh, and then I, I waited. I, today I was like, I'm going to watch it one more time before I record with... Uh, with Eddie, but like the boy took his nap late and he had like a school performance. So I only got like an hour and 10 minutes or something of the movie watched before I had to stop it and wake them up for the school performance. And then I, I literally like turned it on while I was fussing with the computer trying to get it work. And I got like another 20 minutes. So at this point, uh, they have surfaced from the water. <laughs> Great. I, I, so. oh, I know the shot you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a really pretty shot actually when he's looking oh, up at the boat yeah uh yeah it's gorgeous and then uh yeah and then we have uh antonio banderas there uh just going yeah. who are these people <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah i haven't i haven't finished the second rewatch that said like i'm going to like watch this movie if like it'd be a real easy choice to be, hey i want to i want to watch the new indie again uh, but then it's hard too because if I'm like I'm in Indiana Jones mood and we talked about this last time, you know there's other movies to go to as well. So oh yeah, yeah. and having them ease of access. Um, now again, I am a physical media guy. If it's uh, you know some of the aspects that streaming does to films, uh, especially ones with you know dark palettes things like that, it's just a nightmare. Um, and so when it came out on Blu-ray, honestly they dangled dial of destiny on blu-ray and 4k for us uh for the indie fans i mean what was it haunted mansion was in theaters and then i think a month later on physical and then dial of destiny was june 30th all the way to december 5th which is nuts but uh it is very nice of course to have disney plus and have the ease of access to all your favorite movies and i gotta tell you first thing i did um when i was uh I, I had to download all of the films when Dial of Destiny came out, so they're they're ready to pull up at any moment. Uh, that'll be my next. Uh, whenever I fly somewhere, it'll be there. Nice, yeah. Um, so I still like physical media, but honestly, I think my Blu-ray player is in the garage, and I think my mother-in-law's room has like a DVD Blu-ray player in it, and I think that might be it in my house. We actually don't have like out a device that plays physical media. So, yeah, See, I for, do. For me, I've got oh, the good. um, I've got the like 7.1 surround sound setup uh at my uh at my house here. So it's it's very much like you know the the quality of things. Uh, it's not that again you're gonna miss out too terribly much, but sometimes there's just that extra little oomph that makes it 
more authentic, uh, I would say. Then again, not everybody needs yeah. that. It, it, the film will still stand on its own. All right. So I guess don't. So I, I, I should have gone back and actually listened to us like talking about the, the new addition of the franchise, which, of course, when I was reading you what the show notes said, I said the new addiction, which sort of fits into you with your uh, with how many times you've gone to see it. Oh, yeah. I, that first taste was free, but then you kept paying for it. I, um, to be fair, the last screening was free, too, uh, at the Chinese theaters here. They were like, uh, it was a free event. It showed up on the, uh, I think it was Lucasfilm or Indiana Jones, one of the Instagram pages. And we found out, like, the day of the, it was a three-day screening. So they did Raiders and Temple the first day, uh, Crusade and uh, Crystal Skull on the next day. And then the last day was Dial Destiny. But it was a free event. You could just sign up for all three days. And then the last day, they had, like, free food. Um, and then they gave us, like, the actual 4k and uh, blu-ray copies and it was just awesome but yeah that nice. was a free that was a free event i can i couldn't believe it that's awesome but uh so we had feelings going into it i i seem to remember both of us like having hope that james mangold would do something good but also like a little trepidation you know that it wouldn't be spielberg um mm -hmm. and i know you've seen it a whole bunch of times so it might be hard to disentangle all the viewings from that first time but if you can <laughs> like you you saw finally saw the new movie directed by james mangold uh how how'd you feel uh well that's you're putting me in a tricky spot joey because uh the first time i saw it uh james mangold introduced it <laughs> with harrison ford and phoebe Waller-Bridge and mads mickelson <laughs> so the london viewing was your first time you saw it yeah that was my first time uh and again it was the week that it dropped um uh too so that was where it was like Okay, it's so so nuts. before you take us to this, so you missed the Hollywood premiere. I did. So 2023 has been a a year of just, you know, I don't want to say, you know, the movie Yes Man. It's kind of like, it's sort of along those lines. It's just saying, hey, this person wants to do this. This person wants to do this. I want to go here. I want to do that. And just not letting anything stop you. And, uh... There was, and it wound up being that it was getting close to the premiere time, and there was Indiana Jones events. They were playing. Uh, we saw Raiders of the Lost Ark in theaters, um, and uh, I mentioned them earlier. But California Jones, what a fantastic group! Absolutely wonderful. And we had been doing uh, meetups. We had done a very special one. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But you know, we we had been getting hyped, and uh, but also. I was traveling around. I was going to Europe. I did a, a like two and a half week tour of uh, London, Paris, Rome, Florence, uh, Amsterdam, then back to London. Um, and then my dad and I are Irish in lineage. So we, you know, we felt that we needed to go to the first Irish meetup in uh, a while. There was going to be one, but pandemic stopped it. We meet up every four years. And I love love the group that i part of uh shout out to the egan uh family because that's our that's our uh old lineage but uh just before that at the raiders screening a couple people were saying yeah yeah we heard rumblings the hollywood premiere is this day and online i had found another day that was like uh that wasn't the one that they were saying and i was just like oh interesting but, you know, I trust my California Jones friends, and I kind of said to myself, oh, I'm going to be in Ireland, which sucks, and it's terrible that I'm missing out on this event, but I'm with family, and that'll be fine. Um, and then the day happened, 
and I was not fine. <laughs> I was very, <laughs> I was, that, that was a very, very low day for me. I, I didn't go out with everyone. I just sat there because here's the thing. At the Hollywood premiere, they had all these Indiana Jones fans that showed up. Now, they already knew that they were going to select a certain few. And the ones that they did are wonderful indie fans. And I'm so happy that they get to represent uh, everyone on the carpet. But it's one of those things. It was a tiny little fan uh, pit. And they uh, apparently like overestimated uh, how many people were going to get in. So then they had to pick even less than were selected. And, you know, it's all these problems. But all I saw were Indiana Jones fans on the red carpet uh, and before and after, because everybody's a fan of the community and we, you know, we highlight those that get to be something and we're so happy for them, but also we get to be our own, uh, fans. People flew from across the country around the world to be right there. And they were taking pictures before the premiere, after the premiere, they're cracking whips on, uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And yeah. I'm in Dublin. Oh no, I'm in Athlone. I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Athlone. Uh, but I was, uh, the, the feeling I had was I was the one place in the world I should have been, and I wasn't. Okay. And that really, really blew. And I was, I was down, I was low, and I knew that I had done events before. There'll be events after, but it was just kind of like, you know, there's a lot riding on this. Regardless of the film itself, it's... Harrison's last outing he says he's not doing it again um and you know it took so long to get to this point too so you know the chances there uh you know Stephen didn't return here uh Stephen produced and George also stepped on as a producer after watching an early cut so like you have that John Williams is you know uh, picking up projects only as they come you know there's a lot of finality to this uh to this outing and I felt very, right. you know, out of the circle of this thing that I love. And it was people from years and years that I've known uh, were going there. The ones that even, like I say, probably within the last year haven't been as active. They were there before and after taking pictures all together. And it was just the community coming together. So, again, it's it's just the worst case of FOMO ever. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to throw a pity party for myself, but that's, you know... A terrible place to be. Right. So then I come back uh, from Ireland uh, and I had a great time. I had a wonderful time. It's just one of those things where I could probably have pushed it a day and made it, which also sucks. And also it's like <laughs> the even worse part is, you know, doing the time calculations. By the time I saw the pictures of them setting up the set, I probably could have booked a flight, gotten out of Dublin and gone back. But I said, oh, it'll be fine. I think I'm kind of getting a little rumbly in my tummy that it's not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like decisions to be made. Uh, but I got back from Ireland and I was actually, <laughs> I was on a date. Uh, I was hanging out with friends and on a date at the same time. We're chilling. Uh, we were at Universal Studios and I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, which of course has been nothing but Indiana Jones. It's nothing but Indiana Jones. It's the, it's the week of the premiere now. It, uh, you know, it's happening. Dial of Destiny is coming out. I'm going to see it with fans. We have already got the fan event scheduled. It's going to be great. And then I come across one of my friends who is lives in England who got an invite to the uh, London premiere. And it had the date, mm -hmm. the time, and the location. And I just kind of 
I, I, uh, I said, well, I got to do this because it's one of those things <laughs> where even if, you know, you know, regardless if I get in, regardless if I see anyone or anything, I have to be with the fans. I have to be with the people and, uh, you know, do something for myself. I don't do a lot of that, um, you know, yeah. Uh, emotionally you know it's like sure i'll buy something nice for myself or thing you know retail therapy but it's i needed to be there and thankfully everybody around me was very understanding you know it took some convincing but uh i just kind of looked at the week prior and said yeah if that's my low point of the year i'm making this the high point and i don't care what it takes to get there Nice. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, I knew that you'd been in Ireland, so my headcanon was that you just, like, hopped a little Spirit airline over to London and went to the premiere. I didn't realize you came back to the state. I was back in the States. I was at Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, I was on the, like, main <laughs> thoroughfare there when I saw that, and I just kind of went... No, I was I was in the three broomsticks. I was in a fake British pub. <laughs> serendipity i guess yeah no kidding and i just kind of like you know that little earworm of you can do it you can make it you can do it and so <laughs> yeah i you know searched the the flights uh scanner and i the next day found uh the flight out i gave away sh a shift from work for the day of the uh or for the day back and then i found a hotel that would you know serve for like a one night thing yeah. Unlike my other London hotel, which I'm pretty sure is wholly made for one night things. Uh, anyways, uh, so, <laughs> that was a weird hotel, man, uh, from my other trip. But yeah, so the next thing I know, I'm sitting on a flight and I've got, you know, I've got half the gear on already. I've got my indie pants, my indie, uh, my indie hat. And then I just, you know, for subtlety's sake, I threw on my usual Hawaiian shirt. But I'm sitting there on a plane flying to um, Calgary because the quickest flight over was a uh, layover in Calgary. Okay. So then I get there. I'm chilling. And I think the Calgary Stampede was like the next week. So it's busy. Uh, and then I hop on to the next flight from there to London. And I'm just like, this is the third time I've been to Europe this year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, I just kind of, you know put the indie music on, uh, knocked out, woke up, and uh, me not being the brightest, I factored in, but, you know, didn't realize how much the time change would be, and I just kind of sat there like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not running late, but, oh, boy, it's getting close, so I don't have time to go check into my hotel, so I just swapped shirts in the, uh, in the, ho in the airport bathroom, mm -hmm. hopped on the Elizabeth line, and went right over to um uh not Covent Garden where is it oh jeez I went over to where the premiere was going on and I just was like oh well here I am and I saw them setting up and there was all these indies just right around in the park there and you know I I started getting emotional and it was really really cool just to see essentially what I had just seen in California with all these Indiana Jones fans coming together here and they love it and uh even the theater next door had already gotten in some of the promo items so they had a popcorn bucket a popcorn uh like a big plastic popcorn bucket that looks like indy's hat 
And we never got that in the States, but they were all running in and they're like, yeah, we got to get this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I start running into other people that I have known online for years. And they were like, Eddie, what are you doing here? Because I didn't tell anyone <laughs> I was going to be there. You know, I just kind of uh, on a hope and a prayer. And uh, it's just like, yeah, I'm here for this. I'm here for you guys. And we just, they said, yeah, sure. Come on in. And it was just the most welcoming, fun thing. And we were taking pictures. Uh, of course, everybody sees a bunch of Indiana Joneses and they start wanting to get their photos. So there's all, stuff, all this stuff posted online. And um, it just felt really great to be a part of that. Uh, and then it came time right. for the premiere and it was just, you know, uh, everybody checked in and things like that. I'm just like, well, I'm dressed like everybody else and I kind of, you know, just meander with the crowd. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I am on the red carpet. <laughs> I, and I've seen some of these pictures. Oh, yes. I'm pulling them up myself just to be like, oh, yeah, this this happened. I, I still can't believe that. Yeah. And you got to see some famous peoples. I did. I did. And, you know, uh, so one of the fun things that they do uh, where uh, where the premiere was, where, where was it? Hang on. <laughs> it's like last year square, of course. Jeez, I can't even. I'm all flustered because I was like, I'm, I'm reliving it all right now. But yeah, in Leicester Square, they uh, have a newish thing that they're doing. So there's a big park in the center of all these theaters. They're kind of in a square. And they have this, uh, <laughs> they have these statues of all the different movie premieres that have happened there. And so kind of splitting the fan box, they had this big uh, crate. And everybody's like, well, wonder what's in there. Right. And so, yeah, and I will say, yeah, that fan box was huge. Uh, so it was really great because they got everyone in and it was really great to have everybody all together there. Um, yeah, so the they did the statue unveiling and then everybody started coming through. And the first person through was uh, John Rhys Davies. Oh, Sala himself. Sala himself. And what a class act. Uh, what a gentleman. And I, I, you know, I'm not the first to say this, but I will gladly add to the voices of saying that he is the most wonderful human being. And he did two laps of the whole red carpet. Uh, the first lap, taking pictures with everyone. And then the second lap, uh, signing or, you know, pretty much covering any bases that he may have forgotten on the first ra uh, round. The statue is dope, by the way. I'm looking oh, at the pictures of it. Oh, yeah. That's, it's a lot of fun, um, especially because, uh, yeah, Harrison went right up to it, took a look at it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, ran... I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm looking at a picture of him right next to the statue. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm running through my uh, my my photos here, too. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and here's the fun part, too, because it was different than the Hollywood premiere, obviously, because uh, all the fans got a chance to get in. And, um, you know, it. I don't I don't know if they're going to listen to this. I'll throw it out there as people uh, want to hear it. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry to those that never got to make it in for the Hollywood one, but it's just kind of, you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm not lucky to get into the, what I did. That's, uh, that's incredibly fortunate. Uh, but yeah, then down came, uh, one of the specialties of being in London is you get the people that are only in London and the whole film was, uh, filmed in and around, uh, London. So a lot of the people there were the crew that worked on Dial of Destiny. And then you get people that are only associated with the indie movies that are living in London. So you have producer Robert Watts, who produced all the original uh, three films. He was uh, there. 
uh, in a wheelchair getting pushed around, and you get to see him meeting John Rhys-Davies for the first time in probably years and years and years, maybe not even since Last Crusade, and there, uh, you get to be there for that moment. It's so palpable and overwhelming. It's amazing. And what, when you went, did you know that you were going to get to see the film, or you just got lucky? Oh, I had no clue. I, I didn't think I was even going to get in. I thought, you know, I'd be like the other people from the Hollywood one where I just sat outside. Uh, and then I just kind of, you know, if somebody told me, hey, kid, scram. Yeah, sure. OK, by all means. Uh, and then I you know, was there and they handed me a ticket. So nice. <laughs> there you go. Um, and to be fair, my ticket, I was the last seat on the end of a row. So it's like, sure, I'm in the theater. What of it? You know? Yeah. And you got to be within breathing distance of Harrison Ford himself. I was gonna say, and then and one of the like next people coming down was Harrison Ford, and I have that ticket signed by John Rhys Davies, Harrison Ford, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and that's not going anywhere. That that's staying with me because that is just proof that you can make things happen if you try. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. You know, I'm I, I look dazed in the in the uh, picture I took and things like that. But you know, I'm running on very little sleep, uh, plane sleep at that. And I, you know, I just got off the plane. I am standing there with the crystal skull backpack uh, that is holding my Hawaiian shirt and my passport and other things like that that I needed <laughs> to get in there. Um, but yeah, it's just clutched between my legs, and there is Harrison Ford. And you know, I I just got to say thank you and. Yeah, I'm sure you heard that a dozen times, but to be there and say that it was such a privilege and I am so just, I mean, it's still shocked to me that it even happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really cool. And I was like seeing pictures. I'm like, of course Eddie went to the London premiere. Like he's in the hat guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well, again, um, I'll, I'll talk uh, more about different events later, but when I got back, to the states and you know one of the first things is the fan event at the el capitan all the california jones they turn to me and go you're insane i can't believe you did that <laughs> but also a little bit jealous oh yeah no they they were even the people like i say that uh, both the people that didn't and did get into the uh hollywood premiere because uh harrison was under strict orders or you know i maybe i don't know uh but did not sign anything at uh, the Hollywood premiere, and then here he is signing everything at the UK premiere. Okay. So it's like, again, the differences were staggering and wonderful, but it's like, you know, there, there again, there's benefits to each. I was going to say that it's really great. You know, everything that happened at the Hollywood premiere, uh, the fans being highlighted, the, uh, you know, Kihi Kwan was there. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> didn't have that. But it's like, it, it, everybody has their moment. And especially in this uh fan group the fandom of this it's you you make of it what you will yeah and so i just said hey i'm gonna be there i'm gonna have my story but yeah then everybody started moving inside and we all started going down and i'm suddenly standing on the red carpet of indiana jones and the dial of destiny i i yeah it's still a shock and we're getting inside, and, you know, I see uh, against the step and repeat, you have James Mangold, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, uh, and a couple of the others just taking their photos just off to the side. It's like, oh, yeah, that's happening. 
and we get inside. They give us uh, they give us a bag of popcorn, uh, like pre popped popcorn, like a bag, like a chips bag version of that. Then uh, uh-huh. everybody got a water, uh, things like that. And yeah, then out came James Mangold. Uh, again, told us that most of the people in the room are the crew that made the movie. And I sat down, saw Harrison Ford. We sang the Indiana Jones theme to him. We hummed it to him on command from somebody uh, running the <laughs> show. And uh, and then the movie started. And it's just yeah. the most surreal thing to be surrounded by people dressed like Indiana Jones after seeing Harrison Ford in the red carpet and watching Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, and again, a couple days earlier than I expected. <laughs> I had no yeah. intention. I had none whatsoever to get in there. I mean, I understand some just from what I got to do for the Jungle Cruise premiere. So, like, everything that preceded it was so, like, magical and whimsical that, like, going to see it, like, I was, yeah, of course I was going to love the movie. Like, that was one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I feel I feel like there might be some similarities there for you. Oh, for sure. Uh, and, again, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, stepped on the red carpet of the Jungle Cruise premiere, too, and have represented the original attraction as much as I did. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, you know, and I'm happy to support what everything that you were able to accomplish, too. Again, yeah, I think we were talking earlier, uh, rock puns. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, TikTok famous forever, I guess, or until that, that site doesn't exist. Right, exactly. Until uh, whoever is in charge there, uh, you know, uh, pulls the wrong strings or buys X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. So you saw the movie, and at the end of it, you loved it. Is that fair to say? I, you know what? It's it. It was still a pinch me moment of it, it, having the seat that I was in, where I was, like I say, I was very off to the side, and you know, a lot of things, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite capture on the first viewing. And other things, it was more, you know, I knew I had to savor what I had, uh-huh. as well as just the fact that I'm going to savor the fact that I'm in this theater. And not to say that I'm like staring at everybody there, but it's just kind of, I'll get to see the movie plenty of times. I didn't know it would be this many times, but I, I was just kind of taking it in. And it's just the miracle of sitting in a theater in 2023 and you're watching an Indiana Jones, a new indiana jones movie so it was i think it was all uh at least after that first screening it was all just awe and wonder and amazement uh and then the critiques can come later but it was one of those things where it's just you you know that screening was what it was because of everything right and then i walked outside and there was vic armstrong who was um uh harrison ford's stunt double for the first three movies Uh (laughs) it's like yeah this is insane um, but then I will say one of the nicest people on the face of the earth, uh, that I met there was Michelle Poyer Sleeman, who made all the hats for Dial of Destiny. You know, people talk about Indiana Jones, the man in the hat. I'm the indie hat guy. Um, she made the hats for Harrison Ford and it, it, she was just taking the time with all the Indiana Jones fans chatting with them, uh, talking all about the movie and we were talking to her and she's saying, yeah, it doesn't feel real that, you know, Harrison Ford is wearing her hat that mm-hmm. were made in her backyard because, um, I mean, just quick version of the story of Herbert Johnson. They were 
a major, you know, custom bespoke hatter at the time of the original films. And then over the years, it just went downhill where they started, you know, getting out of the hat making business. And the only thing to their name was the Indiana Jones hat. So they just had a cheap machine made hat. So it's still a top dollar, but they were, you know, it was nothing like it was back in the day. And these people used to be the hatters to the queen, to the royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, and she basically came in a couple of years ago and we all kind of went, whoa, this is weird. The Herbert Johnson uh, website's a little different now. What is this? Bespoke hats. And just over the past, honestly, just a couple of years, reestablished itself as one of the finest hat makers uh, around. And so then got the contract to be the hat maker and she was running, you know, it's a bigger operation now, but at the time the film was being made, she was doing this out of her backyard under the name, you know, wonderful right. quality, but it's, it, it was a small business and, or small operation uh, through a big business. And she's made all 30 hat in her backyard. And she was just talking about, it's so nuts to be there. And uh, it wound up being that after talking to everybody on the red carpets, things like that, uh, I had met a very nice uh, couple that had very graciously uh, been very friendly to me and were instrumental into getting me into the uh, into the red carpet there. They were very, very kind. Uh, big Indiana Jones fans. Also, California Jones members, because we get around. <laughs> uh, but they were, they were chilling with Michelle in a bar next door. So uh, I just wound up in this surreal moment of, I just watched the new Indiana Jones movie. I saw Harrison Ford and I was, uh, you know, having drinks with Michelle. Nice. What a, what a evening for you. Yeah. And then I had to get to my hotel. <laughs> um, like, Sir, you are so late. Exactly. <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. Uh, pip, pip, cheerio. They, yeah. Thank goodness. They were, uh, they were running uh, a little behind themselves, but yeah, uh, I got to the hotel knocked out immediately and uh i didn't set alarms and thank goodness i got up just in time to get back to the flight oh wow left the very next day i left i left the morning of that next day and yeah i arrived back on u.s soil (laughs) and immediately went to sleep (laughs) so the way that things worked out and the uh and the way that i'll uh oh pardon me sorry one moment. Please, wait. your call is important to us. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. We, we lost Eddie for a moment. I'll probably have to do some uh, some clever editing, but that'll be okay. All right, I'm back. Sorry. Cool. Um, but the way that things worked out is that I got to uh, go to a baseball game the next day. After landing from London? Yep. Because... <laughs> No rest for the weary. But yeah, there I am at Angel Stadium. Uh, my butt hit the seat. And what do you think uh, starts playing? Uh, John Williams music? Da, 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 da. It is Dial of Destiny Day at Angel Stadium. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they had a, they had a Indiana Jones fan cam where they're putting hats on people. Now, I didn't get on there, but it's just one of those things where I was in London technically yesterday. <laughs> wow. Serendipity, just, bud. Uh, that's the that's the name of the game, man. <laughs> Eddie and the Dial of Indy. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, again, uh, in that first, well, that was. Oh, and here's the other fun part about that. 
that day that the premiere happened in London? Uh-huh. That was the day that was carved out for the LA premiere on that one website. So I already had that day carved out for a premiere. I just didn't oh. know it was going to be in London. I think that's, that's just uh, happenstance. You know, they got sites that try and predict everything. But that was uh, that was kind of amazing. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. So not only is it Dial Destiny Day at this uh, baseball game, but I get up to get, uh, get some food, get a hot dog. And I run into this guy who has an Indiana Jones hat on. And I go, hey, that's a nice hat. And he goes, yeah, nice hat too. California Jones? Yeah. Going to the fan screening on uh, Friday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what day is this? Uh, so this is Wednesday. Okay. But also because, you know, the way movies work now, they officially come out on a Friday. Right. But that also means Thursday. So I already had four screenings lined up for between Thursday and Friday. Because <laughs> it was the... Uh, the first screening was a screening for myself just to kind of say, hey, now let me review it. Let me do the critical review. Right. Um, and that was at the IMAX uh, at the Spectrum. Okay. Then the next uh, then the next screening was later that night, which was, okay, let's get some friends and we'll have the, the premiere party for us. Uh, which also the guy from the uh, the guy from the baseball game, he was there too, happenstantially doing the same thing. <laughs> Okay. Then the next day was, uh, well, one of the best IMAX theaters is the Chinese theater. So I had to do that. Okay. And then after that was, well, and then, of course, there's the fan screening over at the El Capitan. Which is the one you found out about at the ballgame. Uh, so I already knew about that one. I knew okay. that I had already signed up for that. That's where I kind of was like, oh, you know, I miss Hollywood, but I guess I'll go to the fan screening. It'll be good enough. Uh, and then it wound up being, yeah, so got to go to London and do that. That's rad. So, yeah. So, uh, in that first week, I'm up to five viewings already. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just keep on going. They just keep on going. Now, I will say um, one of the ways that... So, first of all, I had to see it in every single format. So, I saw it uh, 40X. I saw it ScreenX. Uh, by the way, 40X is crazy. Have you seen any movies in 40X? I have not, but I, I know of, like, the, the Cordite and the Getting Wet and all that jazz. That It's just, like, a mind-blowing experience. Yeah, I saw Jungle Cruise in 4DX, and, yeah, that was nuts. And then Dial Destiny was even more crazy. Uh, I, in fact, had to bring somebody back to 4DX just because I was like, you gotta you got to try this thing. <laughs> Did you do the theater that's near uh, Staples Center? Uh no, but I did. I I was uh I did the one actually at the Irvine Spectrum because they had all the different uh different types. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize they did 40x at Irvine. Yeah, no, they they did. So uh, that was lucky. But uh, I did that, and they also do Screen X, which uh, you know, I had only heard That's rumors of. That's extra of. screens on the side, right? Yep. So now it's like an extra panoramic. It goes all the way up the sides of the uh, movie theater. Yeah. And it's weird. <laughs> But I'll well, admit, it's after created seeing, by somebody else, right? So it's 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 really interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's like so some of the I had to look this up because you know it's, some of the stuff was this is a filmed picture, and then some of the other stuff I was like this is generated in some way, <laughs> right? But yeah, it's funny because they'll take like green uh, screen grabs from other shots, or um, they'll take uh, behind the scenes footage, or just clips from other segments of the movie and kind of rearrange them in that area 
or like I say, just generate a whole thing. And it's not during the whole movie either. I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying for the whole theater. But uh, it's only like certain segments, but very lengthy segments. Like the entire uh, prologue was that way. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I've, I, I know of people that have seen things in like Screen X and 40X. I just have not done it myself. Yeah, it's uh, like I say, I think it's becoming more and more accessible. It It's a weird thing, honestly. Uh, like I say, you know, you don't need it. But I'll admit, every right. Destiny screening since, I've been like, oh, I know what's around that corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 I saw that. I saw that one person that was on the side there. Or it'll be like a close up of somebody and I'll be like, oh, yeah. And I know what the other guy's thinking right behind her. <laughs> uh, I think the weirdest part about Screen X is some of the um, some of the images are, you know, expanding the room that you're in. So, you know, you get the dimensional space and some of them is just panoramic where it's expanding the visual image on the center screen out the sides. But it also happens to wrap around you. So sometimes you're going like, you know, boom, 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 boom. You're in a, you're in a space. You're out of a space. You're in a space. You're out of space. Huh. A, a, a little disorienting, but it's uh, <laughs> but like I say, it's a, it's it's a unique way to go about it. Yeah. So I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna like pause you just for a moment in all your viewings and just be like, I only got to see it once, Eddie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> me, me and my wife went to see it, but I will tell you, like an initial like when I left, we were like, man, we had fun. That felt like indie. Like, huh? I got to I got to see how it like all wraps up. And like at the end with like the the romantic stuff with the, I mean and I'll just say it, if it's not very clear we haven't really talked the meat and potatoes of the film but if you've made it this far like an hour and spoilers uh, at some point <laughs> but it uh, wasn't him, spoilers it was on the poster <laughs> but with everything with him and Marion Ravenwood we're just like oh wow okay and like even the way it finishes with the the fire escape I was just like man that was like yeah right on like the fifth installment. Like, I didn't work out, like, oh, wow, that, that was interesting, like I did with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Although I didn't see that in theaters. We we established that. I saw it on video. But, yeah, right. I was like, hey, right on. And, uh, yeah, we walked out, and we were like, it was a good time. Like, you could tell, you know, Harrison Ford was into it. Like, everybody involved felt like they were into what they were making. Phoebe Waller-Bridge was just great. And, um when it was all said and done, we were like, what a, what an enjoyable freaking experience, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, seemed like most of the people that I ran into felt the same way. Like, nobody was like, ah, oh, this this sucks, you know? And uh, even, like, podcasts I listened to that, like, talked about it, everybody was like, wow. And a lot of people went in, like, expecting to, like, hate watch it. And in the end, we're like, wow, I didn't have to. That was delightful. It's, so, you know, I, I won't say that it's my favorite of the movies. Um, but, yeah, and I think I've, I think I've garnered enough... Uh, personal stories if that's not readily evident to you know have a, a very healthy appreciation of it uh but when you boil it down to it i love the story that it tells for indy and just what it means to him uh in relation to it from the very first seconds it it's telling you what the entire movie is about yeah i mean it's uh it's no more fanciful than some other films oh yeah and no that's that. Yeah, that's the that's and uh, I, most people don't even get bothered by it, which I thought was going to be one of the main issues. But yeah, they no people people by that point are are so invested. One thing I don't know, so like when I saw it in theaters, uh, the entire opening scene with the de aging of Harrison Ford, I remember being like, "Wow, this this is the best it's looked yet!" Like, holy hell, this is good. And there were some moments where I was just like, 
F. That just that looks like Young Indy. This is crazy. Uh, and then there were a couple Uncanny Valley moments. What I will tell you, I've watched the entirety of that scene as of today. I don't know if they did something with the with the 4K digital release of it, but I couldn't tell at all. It just looked freaking amazing on the small screen. And by small screen, I mean like my 50 inch, you know. <laughs> but uh, that yeah, entire, I was just thing. like, yeah, that's the thing of just like how they um. Uh, how they're making it themselves you know they they they've got a screening room but they're they're making the stuff on a on a small screen and i and i do hate to say this as well but you know at this point kind of for a small screen right so but like watching it today i was like all of this just blows my mind like how how did they use archimedes dial and go back in time and steal young harrison ford to make him film this <laughs> that's that's literally <laughs> But um, yeah, pretty pretty dope. And uh, I, I mean, so far, I mean, I'm I'm two thirds of the way into the film now. I'm I'm gonna finish like this second watching of it in the very near future, uh, and in, enjoying the piss out of it again. You know? Oh yeah. Well, how, what does that take to your experience as you're watching it? I think I well, uh, as for myself, I do think I need a pause from uh, watching it, and I and I already was in one. But like I say, with the return viewing that I had just this week it's now just part of everything it's one of those things where you know you may be initially hesitant of that but and i know some people go for crystal skull they're like oh it doesn't count it's not part of it um but even at this point it even for crystal skull it was seeing it there among all the films at the uh at the event i wasn't there to see it but to see it recognized as like the classic films and then also the new one but they have all the same post art style and then walking in and having had a little break from the film and returning to it, it's uh, it's it just feels like the rest of them. And especially the way it begins, it's easing you into that. Uh, I think the bulk of the movie is telling a very different story than uh, than a lot of the other films. Uh, you know, I, I I'll admit one of the things that I miss about this film is the ho hum, another adventure aspect of it, even though a lot of people did not like that about Crystal Skull. They wanted, you know, Indy to be sad and mopey and old, which they kind of lean into here. But I kind of love that Crystal Skull is unapologetically, you know, yeah, we're going on another adventure. And this one gets to be that one that uh, people really wanted of let's address some things about the character and why he does what he does and what it's like to have a 1930s archaeologist adventurer in the middle of the space race yeah i mean i know one thing when i when i came home i told my father-in-law who's 80 i was like i think you need to go see this movie because i think it's gonna speak to you on a level that i'm not at yet you know what i mean and i guess mm. i i could say like you know you're, i'm sure your dad has seen the film and he's older than both of us and i wonder if the film hit him in a different way you know what i mean as he's in later periods of life not old but not young either right and right, uh, right. i was i was like like when everybody's like, oh, he's just old. When I saw Ballantine like whiskey like on his counter, that's the that's the the Scotch whiskey that my father-in-law drinks on the regular. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this movie is unapologetically about a man my father-in-law's age, <laughs> straight from the 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 beaded beaded on a hippie's door with a baseball bat and his and his big old boxers. You know what I mean? Uh, I was just like, wow. I think uh, I think there's an entire audience like. Not to say, like, you know, like, you know, my parents were, were young people when, like, Indy first came out. And now 
2023, they're all in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s, you know? Yeah. And uh, they've gotten to age with the character. And uh, I just, I wonder, like, you know, the the younger market versus, like, people, like, our age range to, like, older, like, if it's, uh, if uh, results vary, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, when it boils down to it, you know, you get Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford and there's lines in the film like when he's at the bar you know uh helena walks up to him and says you don't recognize me do you and just without even really looking he goes hey whatever i did i'm sorry (laughs) that's just you know it's it's speaking to a different generation on both ends of that and um you know with any movie especially a lucasfilm property these days uh you get a lot of pushback especially from people that consider themselves fans or uh are but are extremely harsh and critical and don't like anything that's not what they're expecting uh things like that and i can tell you that uh in the fan community we are very supportive of the film and we loved it and again uh, we would be doing that regardless of any kind of reciprocation and we are very happy to be as reciprocated as we have been but you do get that pushback from the general public of, oh, nobody wanted to see this. And I've even seen comments uh, about my friends who I know and have known to be Indiana Jones fans as long as they have been alive uh, to get talked down to by the public as, oh, these paid actors, can you believe that? Man, I can't, what unless they have done to make these people say nice things about this uh, aged franchise? And it just is, you know... Uh, you know, and most of us, we take it as their loss. You know, we're right. we're happy to have this uh, this thing for ourselves that represents so much to us. As uh, put a put a little pin in it. We'll come back at this when uh, when I'm in my seventies and you're in your sixties. <laughs> and be like, this is how we feel about it now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. I I respected that they let Harrison Ford be his age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yet still still be Indiana Jones. Like what? unequivocally. Yeah. Yeah. And Harrison uh again plays it perfectly as the kind of person who is yeah out of his depths in a way. Because again, the world's moved on and you get this beautiful, beautiful mix of what that means in the world with Voller, who is uh, played magnificently by Mads Mikkelsen, who is in a completely different way clinging to the past. But what that means is a totally different thing for him and trying to, uh, you know, change the past. And Harrison and oh, sorry, well, Indy, he's just, you know, he's accepting it for what it is. But also he's doing that in his personal life. And, you know, maybe there's something that can be done about this uh, and who you do it for and it's it's a beautiful beautiful piece in that respect yeah i mean i feel i feel so much was just handled like not with kid gloves but just like like with the kind of gloves you put it when you're when you're touching something that belongs in a museum you know when you pull down that artifact you put on those those soft linen gloves so that you don't damage it because you treasure it and you care for it and it literally felt like the writers that's what they did you're like, yeah. here is this beloved sacred thing that we're gonna be like continuing a story for. And uh, I felt like there was a lot of care like given to the film 
Do I, do I think the film's perfect? <laughs> no, but I don't know that any serial adventure is mm-hmm. uh, by, by its very nature of the genre. You know, it, it's, it's wild. It's fanciful. Uh, I mean, speaking of perfect moments and just the amazingness that is Harrison Ford and moments that you did not expect from this film, I don't think anyone expected to have Mutt Williams be the character that is the genesis of one of the most heartbreaking, heartfelt moments in the entire movie. And that that's one of that's sort of where I was going. Like they even they even cared for Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because I mean one of the last things that I saw before we were recording because you know I said they just came out of the water, so I got to see that scene between him and Phoebe Waller Bridge where she's like, "If you could change one thing, what would you do?" You know, and just be like, "Oh wow, oh man, I feel bad for the monkey swinger." Like, <laughs> right. I feel bad for Indy. Oh poor Marion. Like you know. It breaks your heart. And, you know, it's just the simplest, directest assemblance of words to pinpoint how awful that situation is. And that's what he's been carrying with him the whole movie. And well, yeah, on the and, rewatch today in his apartment, the folded American flag in the picture, I didn't realize what that was the first time I watched the film. But watching it today, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, Oh shit, like right up there on his ledge is the flag they were given at Mutt's funeral and the picture of Mutt in his service uniform. Yep. I was Absolutely. like, oh, wow, wow. And I was like, I, I appreciate those sort of things that on a rewatch, you're like, oh, dang, that was right there in front of me. There's a lot of really great details, especially in the same shot there that's recreated at the end. You'll notice that all the stuff hanging on the laundry line is not the same stuff from the beginning. It's all the gear uh, hung up. And that's why the hat's hung up there at the end, too. But it's straight out the window. It's the shirt and the socks. And that's the funny thing where I go, oh, somebody cared so much about the indie gear and showing it off that they wanted us to know he's wearing black socks. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know. We know that. (laughs) Um, But it's just really cool to have that kind of highlighted in a weird way um i mean uh, tangentially if i may uh there is also this other debate going on in the indie community that just came to light uh so in the documentary timeless heroes indiana jones and harrison ford they um you know they're using a lot of footage that comes from the lucasfilm archives that had never been seen before and there's a two second shot of harrison rehearsing something for uh the raven bar sequence um and he doesn't have his jacket on and he's wearing a shoulder holster rig because he has two guns in that sequence. And it's always been kind of a mystery. Hey, where'd that one come from? And I got to tell you, it's really funny to see the entire indie community jump onto this new piece of gear that has been revealed after 40 years. Uh, and I got to tell you, there's already people that the like the leather crafters have already got preliminary mock-ups made and the people that researched to see what it was they're they're deep in the uh in the uh tunnels looking for it right now yeah huh it's like it's, the amount of respect i love that there's something like that and all of a sudden you guys are going crazy <laughs> oh yeah it's just like we've uh, and i will admit you know there's also people that didn't even get out to hollywood never even heard it happen you know, admittedly, they were a little upset at that. And they say, hey, we've been working on this kind of stuff. We do the research. 
Um, and I and I hope they realize, you know, I know it, it hurts that they didn't get a chance to have their moment, but we know that we're standing on their uh, on their shoulders of people go out of their way for this franchise for Indiana Jones. Um, there are dying art that are now in full force with multiple people uh, brought back into the fold because of Indiana Jones whip making and uh, nice hats, even uh, leather jackets. They, those different fields would not be what they are today. If it weren't for the Indiana Jones fans, like the guy who made the hats for Indiana Jones and the uh, kingdom of the crystal skull, uh, who recently passed away, uh, Steve Delk, he taught himself. Yeah. Yeah. He taught himself how to make hats and made some of the finest hats, uh, in the world and got the contract to be the hat maker for Indiana Jones four, uh, because of that level level of dedication. So, you know, if I'm able to put in an ounce of that, hooray. Yeah, like, well, I actually thought, like, uh, I know when we recorded the last time, you were talking about how somebody at the archives had seen that there were hats upon hats upon hats, right, from oh, yeah. that movie. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're there. But then you met the lady that actually got, they made all new hats. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that, that's how much they cared that they uh, they didn't just dive into the archive and, like, pick up the whips and hats and jackets that were just sitting there, you know? Oh, yeah. No, they, we, uh, and we knew from all day in. one. Uh, and also, uh, very nice. So, um very fortunate also that we got to talk to some people from Lucasfilm and yeah, Harrison wasn't even supposed to go out on that first day where he, uh, where he was taking a walk around. Uh, but he knew that people were itching to see him in costume. And so he was just like, yeah, I'm just going to take a walk. That's funny. And, uh, and yeah, we started picking apart the gear and we knew that, you know, you know, some people immediately were like, Oh, I know that, that hat type or that kind of thing. Uh, like I say, the Indiana Jones fans, they're rabid. But we've been picking apart all the different pieces of the gear and trying to uh, figure out what they are. And it's just very nice that Herbert Johnson has kind of become, under the Swain brand, a uh, kind of a high-end uh, Savile Row shop uh, once again. And so they got like a nice uh, licensing agreement with the Indiana Jones uh, license, and they're making the official hats uh, under that name. Not that they weren't going to do it, but anyways, if they didn't, I don't think that they would uh, deny anyone that. But again, it's really great to have talked to Michelle and see all these different uh, details that were in the making of the hat. Uh, even down to the liner, the inner uh, fabric is a... Um, olive liner so it's a dark green because joanna johnson who was the costumer for the film she was saying oh yeah what would be the most typical 1960s one so he's like taking care of this hat so he got you know a new liner in it so it's this olive green and uh it even gets seen in the movie so it's that level of detail where not only did the hat maker have a uh hand in this but so did the costume designer and you know it's very hard to reinvent the wheel but uh, you you take these base elements and again the Dial Destiny look is very distinct in a couple different ways. One of the main ways is Indy's wearing the bag on the opposite side, and the reason being is they got rid of the gun holster. Indy doesn't carry a gun in this one because, let's say it, open carry a holsters an American running through Europe in 1969 is uh, is a bit odd. So yeah, he's got the whip holster, but there's no gun belt. But to balance the look, they move the bag to the other side. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, the '60s, interesting time. <laughs> like, the, oh, uh, yeah. like California history stuff with the uh, with open carry and whatnot. But yeah, for, before my history brain engages, <laughs> we'll push right past it. <laughs> uh, so we we took we took you'd seen it five times. You want to just keep going and and take us through a, a rough sure. road of of your uh, watches? Sure, I'll I'll highlight a couple of the of the ones here. So yeah, I saw like I said, Screen X, uh, 40X. Uh, I have a friend uh, who works for IMAX, and I got a very very nice invite to see uh, the family and friends screening of uh, Dial of Destiny. So I saw uh, Dial of Destiny at the IMAX headquarters. That was crazy. Um, saw it with the roommates, saw it with uh, a couple more fans. Uh, we did 40X all together, and yeah, a bunch of Indiana Jones fans on a on a ro- on a moving platform. That was nuts. <laughs> See here. Uh, and then they had a uh, patch giveaway for AMC theater. So I went to the IMAX uh, at Universal City Walk, went to that. Um, and then in the film, it's highlighted August 20th as one of the days. Uh, and I kind of I was the one who put that out there that, hey, do a Destiny Day screening. And so mm. I was able to kind of put that together and, you know, a handful of fans uh, showed up. So that was cool. And then here's where um, here's where it gets fun uh, with my screening counts. So, like I say, uh, I've been to Europe three times this year. I have been on 23 flights. OK, uh, let's see here. I went to 11 theme parks, eight countries. Uh, I've been to San Francisco three times. I went to three baseball games uh, and a couple of cruises. It's been a summer of things. Uh, but one of those cruises was a Disney cruise. Uh, <laughs> my cousins wanted to go on and uh, very kindly uh, let us join. So we said, okay, sure. So hopped aboard the cruise. And I got to tell you, Disney cruises, they're wonderful. I've, I've known that. I've been on quite a few myself. Uh, very lucky to say that. But the one of the first things you do when you walk aboard is they um is they ask your family name and they announce it to the lobby of the ship so we get announced and the first thing that struck me was not oh this wonderful thing it was oh that's a this is a disney cruise they play first run movies on disney cruises <laughs> so they played dial of destiny 8 times on that cruise and I went to every single screening. <laughs> uh, that's so. So you added eight times total, or so that's where I that's where I started getting uh, the the partial numbers. Because <laughs> other ones, it's like you have the different. Uh, you know, you got 40x with the moving seats. You got the screen X, and it's kind of like you want to see the whole thing from beginning to end. But now we're in August, and it's kind of starting to ramp down where I go, okay, they're doing it once in the main theater. I got to see it all the way there. Then they've got a specific movie theater. I'll see it once there. And then there's other activities on the ship. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of meter it out. Uh, and the kind of, the, the one part that I saw the most was the prologue because the prologue of the movie is uh, far and above uh, the best part of the film. Cause it's just, tr- it's, it's an, it's another Indiana Jones movie of the classic ilk. It really is. Um, and even if uh, somebody doesn't like that or it like doesn't like its association with the rest of the film, I I dare you not to get emotional over the fact that you get Harrison Ford wielding a whip, uh, young Harrison Ford, and just that beautiful, beautiful shot 
of not only all the allies parachuting down into the uh, Alps, but also that wonderful shot of the British flag being raised on a German war train as uh, Indy and Basil make their way back to uh, the train from the river. Yeah, it's uh, that that entire like opening is so freaking good. It's uh, incredible. Like rewatch it today, I was just like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna like half watch this and like maybe do some show notes or something for like the podcast. Nope, no sir. I was just gonna sit there and revel in the goodness that is what you're calling the prologue. Uh, I was just like the opening scene, right? Right. Yeah. The um, my wife circling circling me like a shark. You're like, babe, you liked Indiana Jones and the Dallas Destiny, didn't you? I did. See, there you go. I did. That's all you need to hear. She liked it. She watched there you it go. with me. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, in some ways, I wonder if I'm like an easy mark because of how much I like Indy. Uh, but oh, but I don't know if that's fair because uh, I've got I've got my fair criticisms of some Star Wars stuff and some Marvel stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's a it's a tricky thing. Like like I was saying, um, and you were saying as well, the the public reception has been intriguing to say the least. Um, and I know that uh, you know I don't want to tell anyone to blindly go into something that uh, is, you know, not up to snuff or up to par. But even you know the the story being told, even if it's not your favorite, you can tell the love is on the screen. In all aspects, the acting, the directing, uh, and again, none more so than even just the costuming and the and the dedication to again two different time periods. That's a that's a hell of a thing for any movie, right? But three different time periods, three different time periods. <laughs> Technically, yeah, or actually, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, when when it goes to ancient Greece, like, cause well, so like. When they're in the, is it the ear of, ear of Archimedes? Yeah, Di- uh, Dionysus. Yeah. yeah, the ear of Dionysus when they're in there. And they're, they're you know, they find the watch. And there's the, you know, petroglyphs or whatever of the dragon. And I'm just like, okay, that sort of looks like a plane. Like, oh, I recognize that watch. Like, wait, what's going on? And, like, then when they're, you know, going through the storm and everything and they end up there, I was just like, oh, Oh, like I was like, right on. And I, I sort of, you know, like time travel is such a wonky uh, prep proposition for like an indie film, but to have like a tidally locked time travel that's like all purposeful. I was like, oh, okay, I'll buy into this. Like, I'm okay with a 700 year old Knight Templar guarding yeah. the cup of Christ and a whole bunch of fakes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on board with this. Like, I, not blinking I, an eye, nothing. <laughs> like, am, am I really going to sneeze at, like, Archimedes bringing help from the future to guarantee they don't lose? Like, you know? Like I say, uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, considering public opinion, um, when I do hear things about uh, things people liked or did not like about this movie... Um, that that aspect of it, the time travel, the 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 discovering things along the way, it, it's not they don't bat an eye either, which is fascinating because I thought that was going to be the number one thing that people go, oh, I can't believe we're doing this. But no, they love it because it's uh, it's intri- It's a very intriguing way they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like one thing like so Crystal Skull, like, you know, as much as it's like, you know, the 
beginnings of the Cold War, or like however you want to see it, uh, and like aliens and all that, like with the 1950s. It, it's set in the 1950s as much as you want to pretend it's set in the 1950s, you know? It's, it it uh, does drop it pretty quickly uh, after like the initial couple scenes after the after the uh, school, huh? Yeah, where Dial of Destiny, no, it is set in the time in the late 1960s. It is set there. They they pay great pains to make sure that when you are someplace, uh, unless it's like an archaeological dig, you know, classic indie sort of stuff, that you know exactly where it is. Whether it's the music, the fashion, the the landmarks, the themes, the social social justice stuff. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there, and I was like. You know, I, I appreciate that they were like, okay, like if we're gonna do this, we gotta we gotta do it. And I mean, literally today, when I when I saw the scene between Voler and the African American, you know, butler guy, it, it hit me when I saw it in the theaters the first time, but on the rewatch I was just like, Oh shit. It's like it's it's not that deep. There's not that many words, but oh my god, does it say volumes without saying anything, you know? And uh that's one of the main scenes that I remember from that first viewing, because I feel like that's definitely one of the scenes that you're going to remember from your first viewing. And the funny thing is it gets kind of swept away by the rest of the film. But when you when you rewatch it, you remember that that pit of your stomach feeling like, oh, dear, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And I mean, throughout, like James Mangold has said many times that like Raiders, Raiders is his movie. So when he when he was going with his directing style, he's like, I want this to be like Raiders. And uh, and I I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say succeeds or doesn't succeed because it's a different movie. But you can tell, you know, that he had that in his mind's eye. Yeah. So and again, it's 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 well crafted in the in a similar way i'll say that like i say i think there's issues of like pacing things like that but i think in the quality of that is put into it i think he's uh he has succeeded yeah and i mean i i james mingold you know you could ar- make an argument with logan and with dial of destiny he's very interested in the hero's journey when the hero is past the point that the world has a usefulness for their journey yeah and and uh and likes to explore that and and does so in both of the different films and uh yeah whereas one's like you know got a healing factor and regeneration and adamantium the other one's just a a, a plucky <laughs> sarcastic archaeologist that just can't die no matter how much the world tries to kill him <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah, and I, I like, uh, honestly, I, I would, people would probably crucify me for it, but I wouldn't hate seeing the Phoebe Waller-Bridge movie where she's doing Indiana Jones-type stuff with her own short round, you know? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't hate that. Uh, I'm sure other people don't agree with me, but that's okay. That's a film is subjective. I No, I, I, I really became kind of invested in the uh, Elena Teddy uh, relationship. I know that people are like, oh, yeah, he's trying to be another short round, but I think he's, you know, he... He's very good at being the character that needs to be to balance out Helena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Like, uh, other movies have a lot of idealism. And uh, this movie is like, what do you do when that doesn't suffice? You know? Yeah. Like, Indy's at such a low point uh, when, when you're finding him after the prologue. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting journey. I don't know. I appreciated it. I think uh, based on, like... The ages of the actor that they're dealing with and the the time period, I I felt like they did a solid job. I don't know. 
I mean, and yeah, he's kind of also numb to the world too. And, you know, you want the emotional uh, aged person, I guess, uh, to say it lightly. Uh, Crystal Skull has you covered in a singular scene where him and uh, uh, the Dean are talking in his house. You know, they've got the first dad, then Marcus, and he's getting wistful. And here it's just, you know, he hears about, you know, he'll remember Basil fondly, but he's kind of, he's like, I'm ready to step out of the game. I don't want to do this kind of stuff. Um, right. And it's it's amazing to have this story that propels him there uh, and pushes him into the limelight again. Well, yeah, like in the in the, the four movies that precede this, I feel Indiana Jones at no point wants to die. You know what I mean? Like he is his yeah. his a vested interest in uh, whatever the future holds for him, and he's he's doing doing his utmost with his uh you know what he's doing with the artifacts and everything to to proceed forward. Whereas in in you know Dial of Destiny, I don't you know if uh, if it doesn't work out and he doesn't survive, okay, you know what I mean? He's had a good yeah. run, uh, and that's uh it's interesting with the character, you know, but. He has the vested interest in the survival because he gives a crap about Helena, you know? He cares about his friends. So yeah. when you take away uh, everything, and, and what somewhere... is he? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it brings uh it just brings a new more nuance to the the character, I suppose. Absolutely. And again, I know that's not what some people wanted, but it's it's doing that and being able to have this not an adventure, <laughs> as he says, but it's, you know, have this journey. Where they go? Well, see, I'm I'm also have, have what? Well, where they go and they have this uh, time where they get to go and explore him and Helena's uh, relationship. Yeah, I mean, I was I was it, it brings to to mind for me like the Last Jedi, and how so many people get really hot and bothered about like what happens with Luke Skywalker's character, and you either enjoy like where they took the character and where you find them at that later point in their life, or you hate it because you want you know. <laughs> diving off the diving board of of the auxiliary Jabba sail barge ship and uh, igniting the green and kicking ass and taking names, you know. So, but the I think the best part about Dial of Destiny is in the the first twenty thirty minutes you get that again, right? You get to go back and relive indie punching Nazis in the face, yeah, yep, <laughs> classic indie. But then you also get this examination of uh of an older indie and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like the only way I think I could like perfect it is if we got like a bookend with a little more young indie, you know, that like ties into the old indie. I don't know. They uh they did well. It's funny because uh at this point, you know, I think people know that stuff's gonna get released anyways, <laughs> but they've got a lot of the uh, concept art uh floating around from uh, Spielberg's version of the film, and there is definitely stuff where it's when you say young indie. It, they they go to the era of they were going to go to the era of young Indy where he's a kid and then returns to the same kind of spot. It's a lot of stuff that's kind of what if, but it might have been uh, yeah, it might have been interesting to see that reflection. Well, uh, since our last talk, I definitely went. I said I was going to do my dive of the the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and I did. And I I enjoyed it very much. It was a fun Good. journey. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> and I was the... going to say that that little history itch, huh? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a fun journey, and uh, <laughs> of course the Shanga was like no <laughs> when I was when I was putting out another episode of it. But I was like, sorry, this is where Daddy is right now. We're gonna watch it. But uh, yeah, it was a, 
it was a fun journey. So I don't think I would have hated that either. Good. I'm glad. Uh, and again, it's where I go, you know, there's so many different, uh, I think the best part about the Indiana Jones franchise at this point, like it also, to be fair, you were, you're, you know, you're saying we were talking about Mutt and how this film acknowledges that. And it's part of it. Uh, and unabashedly. So, uh, most of Indiana Jones's canon from that series to this film, it's all still intact. There's no, there's no Star Wars reboot. There's no um, Kelvin universe for the Star Trek uh, folk. There's no um, three different Spider-Men. It's all one giant story. Um, and again. And I love that you can pick it up just as the films, but you could also do the, like I say, the series or uh, the comic books or things like that. And they all, or the attractions, the theme park attractions, they all work in tandem. I still don't know how the theme park attraction fits into the canon, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Trust me. I, 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 I had to check. <laughs> there's, there's some, there's some lapse yeah. in logic, but uh, it, it, it works out. <laughs> Um, yeah. But that's one of the reasons why, again, I love it. You love it. And, you know, these fans uh, adore it. And uh, if I may, I was all going to I was going to tell you about uh, some of the California Jones stuff that's been highlighted this year, which has been nice. Oh, please, please, please. Yeah. So, uh, again, in the many travels uh, that I have done since uh, since the last time we had talked, uh, one of those my very good friend Eugene, uh, he is an expert at recreating all sorts of different uh, props and uh, maps and various things. He's a he's just honestly the best at that. Uh, him and Brian and a few other the uh, I think Pete as well, a couple of the California Jones members, they threw together this wonderful wonderful tour called the uh, was it Raiders of the Golden City. Uh, Fortune and Glory Bay Area Tour. Okay. And so uh, I had done this a couple of years ago, but there are many, you know, not necessarily significant, but filming locations in San Francisco, in and around the Bay Area, uh, because that's where Lucasfilm is uh, headquarters. And if they needed to pick up something, they can just go and try and fudge it in from San Francisco. So uh, little things like the terminal on Treasure Island is the airport that they ride up to in Last Crusade or uh, City Hall in San Francisco. The interior steps are where they filmed the ending of Raiders. And so okay. they compiled this into this wonderful tour that we got to go on uh, and we got to visit all these different locations. That's and neat. In the middle of it, they said, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, we have a little pit stop here. And we went over to Lucasfilm and yeah. Lucasfilm, uh, they had been in contact with them and they knew that we were coming. And there was this uh, sort of welcome wagon that I had never seen or expected. And the head of fan relations, uh, Alex, was there and uh, a few other representatives. And they brought us old indie comic books uh, the Lego uh, Indiana Jones keychain, uh, <laughs> some original patches from Temple of Doom. Huh. And uh, it was this just wonderful, wonderful thing to see this love and outpouring for Indiana Jones in front of a fountain of Yoda. You know, it's you know, we know we know what makes the the big bucks out here at Lucasfilm. But man, what a what a 
wonderful show of appreciation from Lucasfilm. And then we started getting into it and we started hashing out details of, yeah, 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 we really like old indie, like George Hall from uh, the from the old young Indiana Jones edit, things like that. And it's just amazing to know that this care is on the inside as well. Um, and one of the people, uh, Ian, uh, who is an amazingly wonderful and generous person with his uh, time and information, he was uh, you, uh, he was behind the scenes on Dial of Destiny, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, I've got a I've got a, di- a Grail diary myself, but mine's a little bit different. Uh, mine's signed by Harrison Ford." And we're all like, "Oh, that's so <laughs> cool!" And then he goes, "Yeah, that these are cool. actually uh, these are actually Harrison's shoes." We go, what? Yeah, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing Harrison's shoes. So, yeah, apparently Harrison, to keep fit during filming, uh, he rides bikes everywhere. Um, and I'm sure we've all seen those uh, pictures of him riding around. Uh, but he, yeah, to stay fit, he rode bikes. And he would just go through pair after pair of these uh, different types of shoes. And he realized, oh, yeah, I'm the same size. So he just kind of, you know, got them from Harrison after Harrison chucked them out. That's that's cool. I uh, I think uh, the, I don't know why they they gave me a member Barry of the uh, the person who's responsible for the shoes of the Indiana matronic at the at the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. How there's like a very specific shoe and like they have to like come in like once a year and like put on new shoes on the animatronic. Yeah. So and someone was like, yeah, this is the website. You could get the shoes yourself. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> and like let that information gloss right over me. I'm like, like Joey, where's, where's, <laughs> give me that website. <laughs> Where's where's Eddie when this information gets passed out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I I've been looking for the uh, was it the new ones? There's uh, some new boots since the last refurb. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's all sorts of little issues with the costuming on Indy there, but he uh, it, it's uh, it's gotten progressively better since the '90s, where it was just kind of like yeah yeah shirt fine, leather jacket, put a hat on it, uh, things like that. Um, yeah, but, uh, and then Ian followed us. We did the, um, we went to, there's an Indiana Jones statue as well in, uh, San Anselmo, which is where George Lucas lives. And, uh, we got to take some wonderful shots there, um, for ourselves really. And it was just nice that Ian was coming along with, you know, some of the behind the scenes equipment. And it wound up being that, you know, Lucasfilm, uh, they were they were really uh you know gambling on dial of destiny like you say public perception of indiana jones is kind of it, it it goes in and out of favor it depends on the people uh and you know as much ruckus as we cause as california jones they weren't sure of the fan outcry we're not you know as boisterous as some people like the uh 501st but then we showed up there and we were told, yeah, they've sent those photos up to Kathy Kennedy. Uh, and then all of a sudden we started popping up on the Lucasfilm website and in the documentary, Timeless Heroes. Uh, and it's just been really, really great to have. Uh, and again, not only us featured, but uh, fans from all different eras, uh, Brandon Klyla, uh, Mitch Alec and Ed Dallista. Uh, I, Mitch, uh, uh, sorry, Ed is one of the few people that I've known for years and years. He was the first podcast that I was ever on, uh, which was the indie cast. I used to contribute to that uh, via email when I was in middle school. Um, <laughs> and he runs it out of Geelong, Australia. So he flew around the world to be at the Hollywood premiere too. It's just, uh, it's a, it's such a global community that it's really, really cool that we not only get to, uh, 
see each other, but be highlighted in this way. And it's been a real, real great time to know that Lucasfilm cares and acknowledges it in a similar way to us. I don't see them doing that for the same in the same way, at least for Star Wars and things like that, because, again, it's so big that if you started doing that, you know, people would tear each other apart. Um, and like I say, there's a few dissenters here and there, but we are so happy and proud to have the people that we know are um, are Indiana Jones fans represented in the community and a part of this community that we love. I mean, how long is uh, the California Jones thing existed? Ooh, that's a, so that's a good question. It's been a couple of years now, probably, I want to say 2012, 2013. Uh, so not like a huge amount. But um, even in Timeless Heroes, uh, you'll see there's when they start talking about the fans, uh, there's the shot of us from the Bay Area tour. There's also uh, London Comic, uh, not London Comic Con, it's London uh, Star Wars Celebration, uh, including some of my friends that I met at the London premiere there in that shot. Um, and then they also have footage from the 1984 Temple of Doom premiere where people dressed up as Indiana Jones. And it's one of those things where I was doing that way before California Jones was a thing as well. It's just kind of nice to have um, at least this group be a focal center point. And they, they you know, we're, we're the ones organizing events. Uh, even this year, they uh, are friends in Florida. Florida Jones just started up and they're going to start doing uh, their own events and uh, I was just hanging out with a friend, literally, uh, who I had missed every single time I've gone to Florida this year, which I've also been to Florida more than a, like, about a handful of times. But a um, he was in uh, California. We just chatted really honestly for the first time and became fast friends. And I gave him a ride back to his uh, uh, the accommodations because it was just, you know, Indiana Jones fans hanging out. But nice. uh, we've been, you know... Like I say, even before that, we've been a community on a couple different ways. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, you know, my era was the beware the dangers of the Internet. Don't be caught on forums. And I go, <laughs> oh, no, I'm looking at the Indiana Jones costuming forum. Oh, no. <laughs> the dangers and hazards. Um, but, yeah, Club Obi-Wan, which is the forums for uh, IndieGear.com. Indie Gear is like the top uh, forum, uh, like not just forum, but website documenting all of the Indiana Jones gear, uh, as well as uh, I don't I don't think they exist anymore, but the Raven message boards uh, for the Raider.net. That was uh, that was a key place where everybody met up and talked about stuff, and then that just kind of has casually made its way into being more uh, accessible, and that's where California Jones kind of came in. It started with, you know, oh, this forum is designing a meet. Oh, we want to do that more often. Well, let's make a Facebook group and things like that. It's just, uh, you know, we're we're so happy to get together and talk about not only the film, but just all the different aspects of it. Um, when I was at uh, the screening the other night, uh, I met a couple of people that were talking about the whips and they were saying, oh, yeah, it feels really uh, that most people don't care about it. But you do. Um so it's great. And they invited me to their whip meetup. Nice. So, so it's like, you know, these things, they happen so naturally. It's kind of incredible. Um, even at Comic-Con before we had these Facebook organized events or California Jones was a was a really big thing. Uh, I met people that I would see there every year and it would just be 
you know, oh, well, good to see you again. See you in a year. And now yeah. it's, I'm seeing them at all these events. It's uh, it's just growing to be this wonderful, like, friend group that I've, I never imagined I would have. That's awesome. Oh, even uh, even one guy uh, who I had I met at the or I had or I had been at the fan screening with, he uh, he worked at uh, the parks, and I was gonna say I, up to I went up to him and I was like, yeah, it's you know pretty good to like finally really uh, meet you because I see all the stuff you do and I, I never see you around there. And he goes, I don't know if you remember this, but we were on the shuttle together years and years ago. And he had seen my hat and started asking me questions about indie gear. And that guy is now like one of the foremost experts, I'd say, uh, or at least a very great representative in the community of uh, like this wonderful Indiana Jones stuff. And uh, not that I was like, you know, the instigation of it, but it's just like, wow, it started from just somebody talking to someone else. And that's beautiful. That is cool. Yeah, I mean... Uh, all of us that know you, you're you're indie hack guy. It's more than just a a handle that you have, you know, on your on your social media. Uh, it's like Eddie, is that a new indie hat? No, I just broke this one out. Decided to wear it for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you have a Dial of Destiny hat? So again, one of the first things I did as soon as I got back from London was I put in an order with Herbert Johnson. The first time I've ordered from them since their kind of reboot. Um, and yeah, uh, I have a dial of destiny hat. Um, and again, uh, I'll the double, double check, but, uh, I did message Michelle and I'm pretty sure this came from her hands. Uh, and that's honestly, I know she said, hope it goes on a lot of adventures, but I think that one's going to be staying close at hand. And it's just going to remind me of this wonderful year and this wonderful time that I had, um, and the fact that it's made by a friend, now a friend, like that's yeah incredible. Uh, but yes, I do have my so Dial had, of Destiny hat. You had fears and trepidations before the film came out. Where do you sit now? I think I think it's comfortable. I think yeah. it's uh, I I still think that this one beats to the beat of a different drum. It's it's doing its own thing in comparison to all the other films, but. Okay. I think that it does it in a way that's respectful and does it in a way that clearly Harrison's okay with it. He, you know, I, I was saying this before, he tears up talking about it because he believes in this story so much. And it, it brings me comfort in knowing that. I, I like I say, I think it's, uh, it's, pro it's not necessarily going to be the highest one for me uh, just going on its own merits. But I think with everything I put in it, uh, everything we've discussed here, it's, it is by far certainly the most emotional one I think at this point. Uh, but but there you go. There's there's five movies. Where does it rank in the five? Oh golly. Uh, you know, <laughs> I I am when it comes to stuff like this, it's less a ranking system. It is, it is their attributes. Okay. So I go Raiders is the undeniable classic. No, none of the other ones would happen. And I don't think a lot of other films would happen without Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's pacing, it's editing, it's story structure. It's everything about it is near perfect. It is a, um, you know, if not perfect, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. It is solid. It is a classic. Raiders is the classic. 
Temple of Doom, my personal favorite. That's still probably going to go up there. Uh, if I was going to rank them, we'll put those both up next to each other because I think the the I I am always of the opinion I love a sequel that doubles down on everything. It says, well, this really worked. Now here's a lot of it. So you have the Indiana Jones theme is going so strong on it. It is it is it is pounding away. Uh, Last Crusade obviously has the emotional uh, heartfelt. Uh, angle to it with Indy and his dad uh, and it's going to be the funniest one and it's you know the one that everybody grows up as their favorite with uh, Crystal Skull I have a very soft spot for and the more that we uh, rewatch it somebody mentioned this the, that they were rewatching Crystal Skull and they did not like it upon initial watch and then somehow the last time they watched it this year they liked it a lot more because it did not have the weight of being the final Indiana Jones movie on it. <laughs> and once that like was relieved, the film becomes a much more enjoyable view. And I feel like that all, you know, I don't feel, I didn't feel that my way, but I hope that a lot of people do because it, to me, that is such a fantastic film in the way that it was produced. Uh, and again, the indie gear there looks so good. That might be my favorite look of Harrison there. Everything is so <laughs> bespoke and customized and uh clean even though it's an adventure and it should be a lot more de uh, dirtier but it's very very right. uh, well done um yeah that that one has a soft spot there and that's the one i'll say was my indiana jones growing up movie and then like i say dial of destiny falls up strong on the end with it has brought me so much joy so many friends uh old and new uh together to celebrate this thing that i love yeah. And I respect it I'm... so much for that. And uh, yeah, so Temple Raiders, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> order that they came out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's nice. I mean, I, I definitely put Dial of Destiny above Crystal Skull. Um, and then it, it's hard because I'm, I'm very much like you. My favorite Indiana Jones is still Temple of Doom. I get the problematics of it. We talked about it in, in the last uh, episode. Uh, but it just was the the one that spoke to me, the the most serial adventure of all the serial adventures. Um, and I think uh, because of like the darkness that Lucas and Spielberg were going through, like that bleeds into the film. Um, and even like the workarounds they had to do with like Harrison Ford getting hurt and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but also short round, you know, and the resurgence of Ki Hai Kwan in, in today's world. Oh, I celebrate it. I celebrate it so much. Um, if anything, I want Indy to continue on with them, like figuring out something with that with that character, you know. But we'll see. So too. We'll see. Uh, right for a Disney Plus show in an era where they don't really want to do Disney Plus shows anymore. So <laughs> Right. And they're releasing Disney Plus shows on physical media. I'm like, oh, interesting. WandaVision and... Loki yeah. and the first two seasons of The Mandalorian just came out. It's uh yeah, we're in a we're in an interesting uh position here. Um yeah. 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 At the same time that the big box retailers are not selling those sort of things anymore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a uh, good news I guess for the Amazon rivers of the world. Um but yeah, uh and like I don't know, like Raiders and Last Crusade, they're just so freaking great, you know what I mean? So it's hard. Yeah. Like how do you how do you touch them? Uh but I one of my buddies was like, Man, I love the Indiana Jones trilogy. Raiders, Last Crusade, and Dial of Destiny. And I was like, Oh, oh, oh what? And I was like, first off, you can't jump from Last Crusade straight to Dial of Destiny. Like you need Kingdom in the middle of there for that. You just can't. But right. I was like, oh, okay. 
okay, that's fine. <laughs> that that was a choice. Uh, but I did. I had a buddy recently rewatch Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that was saying like, I finally pinned it down. I found the exact moment where it became a bad movie, and it literally is one mutt swinging with the howler monkeys. He was like, I liked everything up to that point. He's like, in the second I saw that, I, my heart just became embittered again, and then I just hate watched again through the rest of what's going on. And I was like, I wonder if you could just like remove that one scene if it just makes the entire movie better. You know? Cause, it's, uh, yeah. There's, uh, like I say, it's been years of not only was it the Indiana Jones movie I, uh, you know, not grew up with. I, you know, I, it was well, I was pretty much old enough when <laughs> Chris, uh, Crystal Skull came out. But, you know, the discourse around it and being in the community, uh, you know, we're ones to discuss all the aspects of any kind of film. And, you know, that film gets bogged down in all sorts of other stuff where, you know, uh, I think the main issue is you, you just have too many characters between Mutt and Mac and Marion and Indy, and they're all along for the same ride. And then you got Spalco. It's like, it, it, it gets, it gets too widely dispersed. Indiana Jones doesn't become the central character of it. Yeah. I did dive into, I don't even know where I was, but like reading, uh, the saucer men from Mars. And yeah. I was like, oh, the movie I wish had been made. That looks like so much fun. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. I say that. Yeah. The that script is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh, I, I wish I lived in the parallel universe where that was the film that we got. But it's fine. It, right. it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, so I guess it's time for final thoughts, Eddie. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, what could I you say? You saw a movie once I or saw, twice. I saw a movie a few times. Uh, it was I, uh, I guess. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's some people there too. They're they're dressed the same. One of us is gonna have to change. Uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, so here you go. Uh, spoilers aside, in this episode, somebody has not seen Dial of Destiny. What's your pitch on it? What's my pitch on it? Somebody hasn't seen Dial. De- have they? They've seen the others, I assume. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, I, I I can't start with yeah. There's this guy named uh, Harris uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, he grew I, up. I don't see uh, how he lost his virginity to Matahari. That's not important, but you know you're gonna remember that. Uh, so, I I would like to meet the person that had never seen an Indiana Jones anything that watched Dial of Destiny. <laughs> They're out there that. somewhere. I'm sure they are at this point. You know, that's that's views, my uh, friend. That's 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 clickbait right there. My friend's never seen Indiana Jones and saw Dial. Of how many people I mean, saw I could Endgame my, and never saw any of the other ones? I could do my own science. Like, I have a four-year-old who's never seen an Indiana Jones film. Like, I have this human, but I just can't. I don't think I could do it. I was say, I, you're I not going to bring yourself to do that. You're going to show him Raiders and <laughs> Temple I, and Last Crusade. I, yeah, I find that cruel. <laughs> right. <laughs> not because it's a bad movie, just because there's so much goodness. I, here's the thing. Uh, here's what I will give you. Uh, to anybody who had trepidations like we did because you know and we were willing to but we were just a little trepidatious it's it is the emotional film that i think most people thought crystal skull should have been uh you get the catharsis of the character and along the ride you happen to get amazing thrilling action uh with a lot of practical work which is wonderful and you get this um you know this heartfelt story and uh this this overall it's it's a story about time and what you do with it and who you spend it with or obsess over it and i think that is always a story worth telling 
Yeah. And I think if uh, if you watch the end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with Indy and Marianne, and then watch the end of Dial of Destiny with Indy and Marianne, you're just like, wow. Wowie wow. Uh, yeah. It's oh, not no. the years. It's the mileage. Indeed. Indeed. Fortune and glory, Eddie. Fortune and glory. I've racked up so much mileage. <laughs> <laughs> Look who you're talking to. <laughs> Young man. <laughs> Young Whip man in your I expensive am. indie hats. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, not not a week goes by that I don't see somebody fully dressed as Indiana Jones getting ready to pilot the Millennium Falcon, and the irony is not lost on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I also love very much when they said in Chewbacca's seat, like poser. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just because oh, you want to first... pull that lever for light speed, <laughs> right? Oh, my first time flying that hunk of junk, I I took that, I took uh, I took the Han Solo seat. I I got with a group that <laughs> I luckily enough got with a group that was like, yeah, we don't want to drive. I was like, cool, out of my way. I was definitely the left engineer, one hundred percent, with other people that worked for the place. Uh, and when I I think Nachoye was there as well. And when I got off, I remember the first words I said were, I don't think my life is ever going to be the same. And uh, and actually, it's funny because it wasn't <laughs> really, really come full circle to like where I sit and what I do uh, in the conversation. Like, yes, it, it wasn't 100 <laughs> percent. Right. So get uh, onto those credits, I tell you. Uh, you know, you know what they say, no pay because we quay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, it. Every day, I'm, I always marvel at it. I'm like, wow, all right. And uh, I know a four-year-old that thinks what I do is really freaking cool, and he's not completely wrong. No, he's so, not. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not not his world-famous podcaster father he's interested in. <laughs> uh, but thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking. Hopefully, uh, you feel like you got to to say the things you wanted to. Absolutely. Uh, again, I you know I feel like I will be unpacking this film for quite some time but getting these thoughts especially after what i'll call the initial viewings um and just you know putting this summer into the memory books um means a lot to me so thank you so yeah, much if anything you you've, you've got this recording to go back and you've got you got some of your words it's not in a complete encapsulation of your experience but it's part of it right absolutely like your own your own little uh, audio journal of the and time I'm, Oh, for sure. And I'm, I'm, and like I say, I'm just so lucky to have done the things I've done, uh, go the places I go and, you know, been able to do that uh, by both time, money, um, all the factors that lined up to allow me to have all the experiences that would make an Indiana Jones fan weep. And, and I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least this time I didn't have to watch the time so I could say happy birthday and miss it by an hour <laughs> right that's oh i forgot yeah we did that on my birthday oh man again yeah. what a year it's been i i i knew it going into i was like oh yeah this is gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a time but could never have told you any of that stuff that was gonna happen yeah yeah that uh that eddie had no idea what was in store for him not a damn clue <laughs> But uh, you know, as as the super famous indie fan that you uh, are, I'm 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 fortunate that you come on my little podcast. I wouldn't miss so, it for uh, the world, man. Oh, I appreciate it. And like we said, we'll we'll talk off mic. But I I've got that other thing that I want you to come on for. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that uh, that's gonna be guided by you. But we'll talk off mic. Uh, but here's your here's your moment for plugs, Indy. Do it. 
uh, honestly, uh, my plugs are uh, the same thing that I was told by the Lucasfilm people. Um, watch the films on Disney Plus. Watch them on Disney Plus. They look at the uh, amount of times you're watching them, how long you watch them. They look at those metrics. Uh, watch Timeless Heroes, Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford. Um, you know, support the amazing people behind the scenes on uh, Dial of Destiny. And yes, go get the physical copies too. Go get the uh, 4K, the Blu-ray, the DVDs, uh, the Walmart exclusive version with the uh, exclusive pin, the Best Buy steelbook. Go get something from Best Buy in general, physical media, before they stop selling it next year. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, just, you know, you know, you don't have to always go as crazy as me, but be, you know, they, 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 if you want more Indiana Jones stuff in general of any kind, um, feel that 1930s adventure that some of us live every day. Uh, if you want that, please support uh, that uh, even beyond myself. Go join California Jones. Come to a meet. Get, get yourself a leather jacket and a hat. We'll teach you how to crack a whip. It'll be a, a blast. Uh, follow us on uh, California Jones on Instagram at California Jones 81. Uh, see all the fun times. We post about events all the time over there um, and are more than happy to have people that even just appreciate the films come along. Uh, take some pictures. You see a bunch of Indiana Jones all together. Yeah, it's us. Come on by. What about if they want to reach you, Indie Hack Guy? If they want to reach me, I'm Indie Hack Guy on every single stinking platform from here to the Sudan. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, not you know, I've covered most uh, most all of my bases. So if you want to get in touch, indie hack guy, um, I am more than happy to to uh, talk to anyone. I I love when people come up and go, "Are you indie hack guy?" I've had a couple of that this year too, and that's been absolutely wonderful. Also, Eddie, what the heck are you doing in London? <laughs> At Eddie, what the heck are you doing in London? Uh, you know, I gotta I gotta get that one real quick <laughs> before before <laughs> someone snaps it up. <laughs> I I appreciate you, buddy. All my things at Wookie Red on Twitter and Instagram. Join uh the Laughing Up Fuzzballs Facebook group, plug, plug, plug. Uh you can search that group. It's a closed group you asked to join, real easy. And hey, Indie Hack Guy is a member of that group. Uh that just saying. Uh you can email me, laugh it up fuzzball podcast at gmail.com. Uh send an email, I'll reply. Nobody does except for Jerry. But I reply to him. <laughs> Not only is he my friend from high school, but he's also a fan of the podcast. Uh, and I mean, I got my Spotify wrapped. The podcast has grown a bit, so we're grateful for that. But we're hoping it grows even more in the in the future. You know what I mean? Blue keeps saying, keep doing it. It'll grow. Uh, we're, we're over seven years. I'm still at it somehow. Take that, Sean Lewis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I say, think. Uh, I know Roman's that's, listening. That's, that's for sure. I think uh, from the app. Afterlife, Sean celebrates celebrates the podcast continuing and just shakes his head like, man, should have been part of Anchor Jacket. You're right, buddy. But alas, um, I do get those moments else? where I think, yeah, man, if Sean or, uh, you know, my mom, anybody who is really like looking forward to this, man, could you imagine what they would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, it's 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 unfortunate, but we we live for them. You know what I mean? Darn right. We, Absolutely. We keep, we keep pushing on. I think that's all the plugs. Oh, tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash shit dash up dash fuzzball. If you want to do a, a merchandising sort of thing to support the podcast, that's the, that's the way I think if you want to support the podcast. Buy a sticker, buy a shirt, buy a tote bag, buy a something. Uh, cents in the pocket, but, you know, it gives you tangible media, which I'm all about. Uh, we appreciate Spotify for podcasters for being the free home 
for now. Although what Spotify is doing to the podcasting world, ah, to be continued. Not a discussion for tonight. Uh, but yeah, not monetized. But you know, that's that also gives a certain amount of freedom. So yeah, oh, the amount of ads you would get on a episode this length. <laughs> Indeed. This this brought to you by amazing hat people. <laughs> and the PBS broadcasters that support them. Viewers uh, like yeah. you. Yeah. But thanks, Eddie. Uh you wanna you wanna finish with your favorite indie quote? How do you wanna how do you wanna close out? You know, things can't always be the way you want them to be, but sometimes they are. There you go. Toodles friends, TTFN. Indie hat guy and Wookie out.